Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In 2015, 14 people left behind their everyday lives to take part in a brand new social experiment. Could they stay hidden for 28 days, battling against paranoia isolation and a crack team of experts whose mission it was to hunt them down. It was a battle against the state and the platform for a programme that's since hooked a nation as viewers asked themselves one question. Do we really have what it takes to go dark? Or in the world of modern detection, would we be hunted? How you getting on guys, you still got eyes on? Confirmed sighting of both. We're at the coach station. The coach has just pulled in. They are in the coach station at the moment. Remember something, CCTV. Karen, I'm gonna ask you please to about the CCTV. I think we should get our cash out here, Emily. Then we don't have to touch our banks. Let's get organised. Tell him to get some socks, underpants and put that down, right? Don't need any guns. Would you get my mobile? Take the batteries out of them. Now. You phoned your fucking mother's phone. You just did that completely off your own back. Completely. At least play by the rules. You know, Emily does what Emily wants to do. It's not on. Well, what he's been clicking on is um, penis size study. What's normal anyway? What's the average penis length? They say that you're more truthful to your search engine than you are to your wife. So we found something, I think you'll agree, really interesting. Stop where you are. You need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop right now. My name's Craig. And I'm Nat. In 2022, we discovered Hunted and are now obsessed. Now, we're going back to the very start to find the answers to our unanswered questions. Like, a GP salary's so bad, they can't afford cars with working windows. How on earth were Lauren and Emily actually friends? Like, they nearly killed each other in episode one. And what possessed Elizabeth and Sandra to make their... Escape by bus. I tell you what, the ending of Thelma and Louise would have been very different if a double decker had pulled up. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Hunted, Hunted Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Hunted Podcast, or welcome to a brand new podcast series. Woo! 
First of all, we made it through a year. Woo, go us. Well, I High can five. Do, I can do better than that. I can do better than that. Are you ready? Go on, First then. of all, we made it through we, we made it through a year. Well done. I know, right? Well done. I know. I thought I'd celebrate a whole year of the podcast by buying a brand new toy. <laughs> which does like sound effects. I can put like music beds and stuff in. I can even make our voices go silly. Are you ready? Go on then. Hello. Hello. We're speaking like children right now. Not that we can actually hear it as we do it because we've not got headphones on. But in the edit, people will listen to that. I've turned it off. Anyway, welcome back to a brand new series of the Hunted Podcast. And like we said in the intro, we're going to go back to the very start, aren't we? We are, when it was a little bit different. A little bit, it's an understatement. Okay, a lot bit different. (laughs) A lot bit different. A lot bit different. (laughs) I like it. Now, we've... Undernard over what we want to do on the podcast for a long time. Obviously, we really want a new series to start. Yeah. But we know that it's probably not going to happen until next year. Nope. So we wanted to keep doing the podcast and we thought, what things can we do? Now, obviously, a few weeks ago, we had a very special trip. We did. To go and see JP and Bex. We and did. That was fun. It was a like basically like a three-hour conversation split over two parts. Yeah. Hope you guys at home enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. More of those to come, but we're thinking they're specials. You know, they do take a lot of planning, a lot of effort mm. to sort of get through. What can we do week in, week out? And then we realised that, let me get my maths right, eight years ago today, 2015? Yeah, well done on your maths. Get in there. Bobby Siegel would be proud. <laughs> eight years ago today, the very first episode of Hunted hit our screens. So we thought, week upon week, Exactly to the week that that episode would have gone yeah. out, as they went out weekly. weekly. We're going to recap series one, like we have done on Celebrity Hunted, like we did with Hunted Australia. Yeah. We're going to recap it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the things that they did. But we're also going to talk about like how different the show was. And we're going to get some special guests along the way, right? We are, yes. So we've got some in the pipeline. They're going to join us to talk about some of the processes. They're going to join us to talk about um their thoughts on it and and how they think that people did and that sort mm-hmm. of thing so yeah stay tuned for that make sure you join us every single week for a brand new episode we'll be putting episode episodes out every sunday we're Ooh. not going to put them out at the time that they would have gone on telly though because yeah. a we don't know when that is and b it would have been in the evening time i'm yeah. probably going to say 9 p.m probably yeah 8 9 so we'll probably do it in the a.m okay yeah so we'll put them out at in the some morning point in, in the morning for you to listen to on a Sunday and remember if you want to get involved in the podcast and have your say and share with us your comments your thoughts your opinions there's plenty of ways to do so Twitter at Hunted Pod Instagram at Hunted Pod Facebook it's just Hunted Pod or email Hunted Pod at Outlook.com you missed one oh, I mean, that, not, not that, that no one's using it that thready thing that was around that for a thing that no one actually looks at anymore but it just appears on Instagram sometimes to tell you about them I think I've put like two posts on this well it's hunted pod on there as well if you use it yeah cool if not whatever yeah and this next week and i'm going to guarantee it now because it's going to give me something to do tomorrow when i edit this back and listen to it we're going to have a phone number we're going to have a hunted podcast phone number so you can send your voice notes and your voice messages don't try and call it because we don't like answering the phone i mean oh what i could answer it using these effects though like uh, I could answer it as a robot or in a megaphone voice or whatever. Okay. But yeah, don't try and call it. Just uh, send us your WhatsApp messages yeah. and your voice notes. Yeah. 
Right, let's uh, dive into it then. Um, one thing you will have noticed that's a little bit different this time is um, we're not going to put this out as a video episode. No. Audio only. We are filming it, um, but it's really, really hot and sweaty in here. So we're going to take lots of breaks, which makes it um, harder to edit. And also, you don't want to look at our faces. We've moved things around, so we've not got two cameras. We've just got one. Um, and we're just going to use little clips for social media. Yes. So I also want to try something a little bit different this series. Okay. By putting in clips from the show, bits Ooh. that we're talking about. So it breaks it up nicely as well. So okay. Gives me something to do. So if you've enjoyed looking at our faces, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll be back again in the future on video episodes when we've got guests. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Shall we start? Go on then. Go on then. Okay. So think back 2015. Yeah, what was I doing in 2015? Eight years ago. Pre-us? Pre-us. Yeah, by two years? Well done. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it, kids. So, 2015, we had 14, and they they weren't described as, fu- as fugitives in the opening scenes. No. It was ordinary citizens. Yes. 14 ordinary citizens on the run now. The big difference that we have straight away, it is simply a battle against the state. I can think of even an even bigger difference that we have straight away. Go on then. Different voiceover, man. It's a different voice. It's Eddie Marsan. Who, it's your uh, it's your favourite game. I, yeah, I mean voiceover. I, I do like to when there's like a voiceover on a documentary that we've not watched. I've not seen the titles. I do like to sort of like guess who it yeah. is. And nine times out of ten, I'm usually right. Anyway. Yeah. Eddie Marson is the voiceover for this. You will know him if you've watched his wife, The Thief and the Canoe. Oh, is it that guy? It's that guy. Uh, and we watched something recently that he was in, uh, Criminal Justice, that was on in 2007, I he think. He played a barrister. He played a barrister. He's been in lots of things. You'll know him when you see him. Mm-hmm. Usually plays like a lawyer or uh, a villain. Yeah. Um, sometimes plays posh but mainly plays like he's very good at accents because he's thief and the wife and the canoe is Geordie yeah that's a and, good show yeah and he's got a very like his tone fits the style of the yeah. series is what I'm getting at the new the, the the usual guy whose name I don't know actually um, for the regular series I know I'm um, sure you'll find out when we watch it oh well he his voice suits it for the, sh- for the show that it is now but certainly for the show that it was then his voice certainly fitted it Anyway, back to your, uh, your main difference. Anyway, main difference, apart from the voiceover guy... Thank you. Um, ...is that we... This one is a purely a battle against the state. There is no cash prize. Yeah, big difference. So it's not it's not like a, a game show. There's no prize. They are simply just trying to beat the state. Yes. I, I really like that concept. And I think for... You've got to remember as well that... When this first aired, eight years ago today, nobody really knew what this show was. No. Nobody had an idea of what it was. There was something on TV years and years and years before which had a similar concept, um, which was about hunting people down, and it was a bit, bit more of a, a game show thing. But in terms of where the world was at that point, 2015, there was a lot of talk about what the state could get, what mm-hmm. the state could see. Obviously, you know, we post Big Brother which really brought like CCTV and, and stuff into the forefront. This really is a battle of, of wits. There's no game in it whatsoever. No. It is a battle of 
can I do this? Can I do that? Can I be detected? And I think for that reason, it does have a really, really interesting feel. And what I quite like about it as well is when they do the cutaways between HQ and fugitives, or sorry, ordinary civilians. Citizens. Ordinary citizens. Thank you. uh, You're welcome. The citizens are talking about I'm really scared for my kids' future, about like what they get up to online. Mm. I don't like the fact that the purchases that I make, the things that I do can be traced and can be seen. I don't feel like I've got anonymity in my life. Mm -hmm. And then when it flips to HQ, you've got people like Blex and Ben and all of those originals who are talking about how these powers are used to catch criminals. Yeah, And it very much did feel like police versus criminals, state versus, you know, yeah. whatever. And it did have that more rough, under your fingernails sort of feel. And, yeah, it did give you that that real different viewpoint on it. And they did the production did really, really well into in highlighting mm-hmm. why someone was on this team and why somebody was on that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the... You get a lot more background. Mm. I wrote down that one thing that you, you get in this is um, you do get a, a lot more use of speaking to camera. We pulled it up when we did Australian Hunted that there's not a lot of explaining processes now. Yeah. But in, in this first series, there was. And, yeah, it's just a, a, a real... Um, so it's a really good way of of doing it and and getting you hooked in mm-hmm. in that first you know first fifteen minutes the first part of the show you're on the edge of your seat you're ready to to watch it you're interested to see how it plays out mm. yeah and we get a lot of setting the scene in the first fifteen minutes oh good use of uh, phrasing thank there. you so obviously we get told how many people there are. So we've got 14 ordinary citizens. We also get told that there are 30 investigators. Yes, even though we never see all 30. No, but we get told there are 30 um, and we get told that there are four ground teams. Yeah, which I find baffling. Um, We'll come on to that maybe a little bit more in more depth later, but four ground teams. I think one thing that they did sort of miss was they, they never really explained how it, how that team, how the unit of the hunters, both HQ and ground, would correlate into no. if it was a live investigation. No. Like how what they'd have at their disposal, what yeah. a standard team would have in their disposal. Like let's take let's take for example the here and now. I'm sure you'll have all have heard in the news over the last week or so, especially the cu- couple of days where we're recording this, mm. that there's actually an escaped prisoner at the moment. Yes. So he will be being hunted. Yeah. And, like, it'd be interesting to sort of find out, like, what resources they have available and, and that sort of thing. And it would have been interesting to hear that go into, um, you know, into the show a, a little bit more. But, yeah, 30, office, uh, 30 of the world's most successful investigators is what uh, the voiceover says. Um I don't know whether that's 30 including all of the ground teams or 30 in the office and then four ground teams. I don't know. It didn't say. It just said 30 investigators and there's four ground teams. Mm. Uh, they also It does also outline what um, they would have. So they're given each fugitive, sorry, each 
ordinary citizen is given £450 in a bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, unlike every other series since then, they are told by a producer with an hour's notice that they are now on the run. Yeah. And then after that hour, HQ and Chief Brett Lovegrove, who we are going to try and hunt down and try and get on the, the show yes. if we can. Uh, so if you are Brett and you uh, want to come on, on the show... Um, go back to the start of the episode and uh, get a contact details. Um, or if you know Brett, get in touch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, they are given a photograph, a name, address, and a date of birth. And that's all they've got to go on. And uh, there's a, a real emphasis then on uh, what that process will be. Because all they know is that they're going from their home address. Are they told that? I think so. Are they told that they're going from their home address or they're just saying they're on the run? I think I think pretty much all of the ordinary citizens <laughs> go from home. Okay. And I think, therefore, the hunters will I take that because that. otherwise what's the point of them having that information of... They need to know where they've gone from. Yeah. Like in an investigation, again, coming back to modern day, they know that he's escaped from X prison. Okay, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Yep. That's my thinking anyway. Yeah. I might be wrong. But... No, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Don't apologise. <laughs> we need to know these, this information. That's why we're here. We, that's, that's, that's what we're here to do. Uh, so these, um, they get that information and then that's it. And then they're, they're on the run for 28 days. Yeah. Um, which is one of the longest. It goes, it down, is, yeah. it goes down in future series. Yeah. But 28 days is, is the social experiment, which is what, three weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Uh, so a whole month, essentially, that they're on the, the, the run for. And then what I find interesting, and this might be something to talk about when we review the series as a whole at the mm-hmm. end, um, is the fact that, obviously, they're not... Seemingly, they're not all released together. No, because we we catch up with different fugitives, like, different amount of days on. Mm. So when we see straight away from there you're on the run and others we catch up with a few days later yeah so it, my thing is is that thing of the cameraman or the producer coming up to them saying you're on the run is that all done at the same time say for example um 11 a.m on you, sunday you'd the hope so you'd hope it otherwise was... it's an unfair advantage otherwise someone's on the run for tw- like ricky allen mm-hmm. who was First, in terms of what we see on screen and what we then perceive to be first, Mm. would have it harder than what the, you know, the, the, what, eight, the, what's half of 14, seven, what the seventh pair would be. Well, you'd hope that everyone was told on the same day. Mm. Even if it's maybe not exactly the same time, you'd hope it'd be same day. Yeah, we'll have to try and find some uh, answers yes. um, to that. But yeah, that's obviously what we see. We get the setup and then we are introduced to um, the... I'm going to have to call them fugitives. I can't keep saying ordinary citizens. Go on then. You, you go with fugitives. Ordinary citizens slash fugitives. We're introduced to them almost one by one. Yeah. So in this series, like we say, we, there are 14, but we're only introduced to three pairs in this episode. And what I did notice from looking at the, the boards and stuff... They did call them pair one, two, and three. Yes. So, like, for example, on um, Lauren and Emily, it had, like, 2A, 2B. Yes. 
Um, and then obviously you've got Rick Hughes on his own. But then, so if they're in a pair, it's pair three and then it's Fugitive A and B. No, that's clever. Liked, um, which, was quite, which was quite good. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to sort of not necessarily go through... Um, it as it happens and um, we're going to look at some of the we're going to look at the fugitives we might change it in future weeks but certainly for this launch episode because we're introduced to three separate people mm-hmm. at, at three separate times it does end up playing out where it starts crossing over as yeah. you would expect naturally um but yeah we're uh, yeah we'll go through them one by one and um, we're also going to delve in to uh, this which is uh, Danny Brooks the girl for the job book autobiography true stories from my life as an undercover cop and there is a section in here about hunted uh, and a, a section in particular about something which happens <laughs> down the road and in this first episode so uh, we will be talking about that and we will be uh, having a little look at that book um, as well but shall we go for um who do you want to tell us who we're introduced to and give us a bit of a background of uh, who we i mean we stumble I, I, across I'll, I'll give it a go episode one. Uh, so in episode one we get ricky allen Doctor Ricky Allen. Doctor Ricky Allen, uh, who's from Canterbury. He's a GP. A controversial GP. Yes, a controversial GP. Um, And I feel like Doctor Allen is the one person who wants to beat the state the most. I'm going to put this out there right now. Obviously, we we see a lot. We everyone who's watched the show will know that we see a lot more of Ricky Allen in the coming episodes. I think if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be sat here doing a podcast about Hunter now. No. Because it wouldn't have been as successful. No. He makes, he, for me, is what I would call a, a psychiatrist wet dream. Yes. If, you, if that phrase yeah. makes no, any sense whatsoever. Makes a sense. Produce, like, he's, he's gold for the production. Yeah. He's absolutely golden for the producers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we get Dr. Allen. Um... We also get introduced to Emily and Lauren, who are friends, I believe childhood friends. How? Don't know how they're friends, because they almost kill each other quite a few times in this episode. Um, I've got that they are from Putney. Yeah. Um, One of them has a child who sort of plays quite a big role in their appearance on the show. Um, But yeah, and then we have... Sandra and Elizabeth, <laughs> who are partners. Um, I don't really have much background on them because we only see them for a very short amount of time. Yeah, and we will so we'll give them as much time on the podcast as humanly possible by leaving them till the very yes, end of yeah. who we talk to. So, and they were number three. They were number three. So yeah. we'll leave them to the end. So should we start with number one and start with Mister Story Doctor Allen? Yes, let's start with Doctor Ricky okay. Allen. Right, listen up. Can we get the cyber team in? Right. First fugitive. His name is Ricky Allen. He lives in Kent, born 1959. Let's go. Most of my good friends, the people that know me well, I think would describe me as good fun, quite loyal to them. I have three kids, they're all under 14. My family are everything to me. The surveillance state will be a threat to the way that they live, their quality of life in years to come. So I'm doing this 
because the power of the state frightens me and, and I want to prove to myself that I can beat them. So Dr Alan goes from his home. We see him getting his kids to help him pack his bag. I think he plans to head up north. Yep. Um, his kids are a little bit repulsed by him. I wrote down a couple of quotes in Come the on uh, early bit. Um, I have got a page on each, by the way. I did sort of like write down a, a page on, okay. on each. But uh, in my initial note bit, yeah. um, I did write down a couple of quotes from him. Um, I've not had my morning pee yet. I'll go in the bushes. Um, he reassures the camera. Oh, interesting to say as well. They do have, we forgot to say this at the start, like every series, they've got a covert camera crew. Yeah. But you feel in this series that they're more part of it because they ask them questions and they're heard on screen. Yeah, because you you see sort of like, especially with Dr. Allen, like he's on the back of the bike with him. Yeah. He's in the passenger seat of the car. Yeah. They're more of like a team in this one. Yeah, especially the um, Ricky Allen's camera guy. Um, And he reassures him and says, do you think, I think as they're riding off, on the motorbike from his house. Do you think we'll do it? As he's got the camera in one hand, holding on to him in the other. <laughs> do you think we'll do it? We'll do it, don't worry. Um, these guys aren't magicians. I got these guys aren't magicians too. I quite liked that one. It's quite ironic that they pulled something out of the hat a few weeks later, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on um, and look at um, Ricky's journey then. What did you make of Dr Ricky Allen when you first saw him? Because like I said, for me, he is... If I was to put together a tier list of people who've made a real impact on the Hunted brand and the Hunted format and show, mm-hmm. he's definitely in that top tier bracket. But he's yeah. a very interesting character and there's certainly a reason why he got cast. Yes, and I think he's a, he's definitely a little bit like eccentric and odd. He's odd. Controversial as well. He, he, yes. I don't know whether he was sacked from his jobs before or... Or, or he left the profession. He, they, they, whilst discussing him, showed articles about him and the NHS. Yeah, he, he came up with some controversial statements yes. about how the NHS was run and funded yeah. and things like that as well. Um, but certainly eccentric a little bit because um, I did notice that he tells one of his kids that they don't. They, he's not going to need the gun. Yeah, yeah. They bring it to him, and he's like, "No, no, no, not the gun." Yeah, that's like a bit of a farmy house. Style, yeah, it? it's sort of like middle of nowhere countryside, away from everyone. Probably grow their own veg, chickens, that sort of thing. Yeah, lives off the the land, that yeah. sort of thing. Which I think is why it appeals to him to be able to go on the run because he's at peace, at ease with. Sleeping in a car, yeah. sleeping rough, sleeping in a tent. Um, and obviously, you know, as HQ get his information, literally his name, date of birth, um, his address. address and the photograph of him. That's yeah. all they get. That's all they need to do basic searches. And obviously, like, Blex, who's deputy in the first uh, season, obviously mm-hmm. goes on to become chief in the next series, as we know. But... Blex is on the hunt for his transport records and it straight away throws up that he's got two cars and five motorbikes and uh, and that's where they can start to get on his tail because talk about the powers of the state, one of those powers of the state which is replicated in the show yeah. say, every week is ANPR and um, what Ricky plans to do, he knows about ANPR which I, I think is, 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 is great, a real advantage to him is to go and get an unregistered car 
A one um, that's not registered to him. One that's not registered to him to be able to move a little yep. bit more freely and to sort of alleviate that bit of an issue. But in order to do that, he's got to move. Yeah. So he obviously goes down back roads to start off with, but at some point he has to get on a, a main road and uh, it's the M2 in Kent where the AMPR pings on his way to pick up um, that unregistered car. Um, diverts onto some side back roads and away from uh, away from um, the ground the ground teams who are waiting for him. And I find it quite interesting in this as well that um, you told you are told some of like the ground team's name, not all of them. Um, I, you had it was headed up by yeah, and I don't know whether that's headed up by for each individual team or whether in it was general in, in general. Like um, they had a head ground hunter. Yeah, David Blakely, who was uh, the who um, was the ground team, the first ground team that we uh, that we see, um, and he obviously sits lying in wait for mm-hmm. him. Yes, uh, tries to follow him on the motorway, but obviously it goes cold when he comes off the motorway. So they sort of give up a little bit. Yeah, because there's nothing else to follow, and Ricky knows. That by going off the motorway, he's hidden. They're not going to know where he's going. He's going to pick up a car. And he even when he gets to the person who he picks the car up from, he even asks for one that's sort of like an old banger that they don't mind if it just gets yeah, dumped. phrase did he use? Uh, a burnout, basically. A burnout. A burnout car. A car that you can run into the ground. Doesn't matter like, if it if it breaks down or, or, or whatever. A car that's at the, the end of its life just to, to run, it yeah. into, run it into the ground. And whilst he is doing that, like we see in every year, uh, ground hunters are sent to his home. But this time they're there to pick up his laptop and iPad and documents. And they even pick up his diary. Yes. So this is very 2015. Um, I think <laughs> what, you've got to, what you've got to remember as well is in, at this point, we're so used to watching a series where all the fugitives, or sorry, should that be... Ordinary citizens. ...are launched together. They, they yeah. split together. They all go from one location, which has got CCTV, the choppers up, they know, and they're yeah. able to follow and they're able to do the tactics that way. So information at that point isn't as key because the process at that stage is more about... Following. Following them and... Um, trying to see about what moves they make and getting information that way. But here they can't because they don't really know wh- at what point they've gone. So, like, no. let's use this house, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, we get told that we've got an hour to, to go. You would think that 90% of the time they've got the stuff almost ready to go. So yeah. let, let's say tops, 10 minutes to pack, say goodbyes, mm-hmm. Um whatever you know we've got one way off of this estate but once we get to the bottom of it we've got a choice yeah we can turn left or we can turn right well we've got one way in by car yes we have other ways by foot i think we'd be pretty stupid to go by foot but yep but again there's no pressure because no um that if their hq is based in london yeah it's a good three-hour drive from yeah. London, so we've almost got a three-hour head start. Yeah. Not that you don't know where the other ground teams are situated and all of that stuff as well, but 
still the point still stands you have got a head start yeah um, and they've got no information but what what i was trying to sort of get at is we can choose to go left or right yeah and the hunters have got no way of no way figuring that yeah. out so they can't follow our trace they've got a gamble if we've got one if we only have one way out then yeah that gives them a bit of a, a lead because they can look at cameras and try and look at times of day and stuff mm. but we haven't and that's exactly the same with everyone here so it's not about in these early stages following a trace it's about gaining information yeah. looking at their profile trying to find them which is why they know he's a controversial doctor because they've done a bit of searching on him um, which is why they go to his house and speak to uh, Emma Jane his 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 wife um to give to ask her questions put her under a bit of pressure to try and find out where he might go to see if she gives some something up but critically in this series because it is about power of the state mm. like you said it's those laptops why are they taking those laptops why are they taking those diaries to find out what he's been searching passwords because we find out that he's written down all of his passwords what he's been searching what he's got planned possibly who he's been talking to they want to find out everything they possibly can which is why they do a little bit of research into his career history yeah i I would say that rick allen is quite astute he knows quite a lot he preempts what the game is going to be but with everything, like he has a password generator. Yeah. So password generators are great because um, they will, you know, generate you random passwords. You know, they might like D72 underscore hashtag exclamation mark mm. app. They'll do all of that. Nobody can be expected to remember that across a, an average of 12, 15 yeah. sites or logins that you use. But in order to get into that password generator, you need a password and he's also written them down yeah or written a a few of the common ones down and once it's back with hq they're able to then glean that information so everybody Mm. will trip up somewhere yeah most most people have (coughs) some passwords written down somewhere you know for sites that maybe they don't use that often and they write it down or ones where maybe they can't save the password so they've written it down everyone has some passwords written down somewhere ricky allen just had quite a few written down in a diary because you know 2015 that was probably you know his way of saving his passwords i don't think the whole phones iphones ipads automatically asking if you they want you to save the password was as much of a thing yeah and i don't think facial recognition at that point was too no too advanced either to that level i think it was still passcodes yeah so you can certainly see why he's done that but also as well if you think about his age yeah that's very much a thing to do and obviously they get a few conversations about where he might go they get some ideas about where he might go um but whether or not he'll be easy to find is uh, another thing and so whilst they've got all this information, he is obviously heading up to um, Scotland. He's heading up into the uh, up into the lakes and, and that way as well. He's picked up his old uh, banger, which will um, go undetected on AMPR, which gives him a bit more of a yeah. easy ride because what he's banking on is HQ looking for the two cars 
five motorbikes, which he's got registered his name. They look, they're banking on, he's banking on them, bank, banking on him. Using them. Using one of those. And he doesn't. He knows that that's what they're going to do. So he swaps it so that he can travel that distance without being detected. And I think that's a, a really good thing to do. If you can get a vehicle which is going to put some serious miles between you and the ground team. Yeah. And also keep give you that freedom of not having to think about the roads that you take. Yeah. Get you as far away as possible without being detected whilst they're following another end. That's a really, really uh, good thing to do. Um, he and his cameraman spend the night in the car. Yes, they do, yeah. It's a good job. I think it's a Peugeot estate. Yeah. It's quite roomy. Yeah. So I wonder who... Did, do you think one had the back seat and one had the front or do you think they both just I think they both just recline their front you'd have enough space in the boot as well yeah if you, you put the do seats down seat, yeah you could put the seats down and basically yeah you know who knows but hopefully they were comfy and they had a nice night's sleep in a lay-by in Northampton as you do you've got to haven't you um what I quite find quite interesting um and I think it's Smiley Steve that brings Aww. this up um hello Smiley Steve Smiley Steve um Whilst they're spending the night in the lay-by in Northampton, HQ are doing their job, and that is digging. Digging for dirt, infiltrating the search history. And do you know what he's searching for? What? Penis size. Yeah. that is, is that an actual search, or is that a search to throw them off? I think it was something like, what's the average penis size? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, you know, he, he might worry about that. Well, that's it. I mean, he is a man of a certain age. I know he has, he's got a couple of kids, but maybe he was starting to get a little bit worried. Maybe. Who knows, but... It gave the hunters a little bit of a joke. Yes. And a little bit of a laugh. And yeah. You saw that smiley Bit of a giggle. Steve. Smiley Steve was happy that he'd found that. Um, but they also found that he'd been uh, <laughs> looking up the 39 steps. Yes. So the 39 steps, uh, this is uncovered by Julie. Julie. Babe, Julie, get your coach. Is that series two? Yes, oh, it's Bletchley. i for that. Um... Yeah, but nice to see Julie again. Nice yes. to see some of the old faces. Um, she uncovers the 39 steps and sort of explains a little bit more, more about what that is about. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's done his research about what he wants yeah. to uh, what he wants to do. Um, and really gives them a bit more of a profile of uh, what he's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, and we sort of um, have a little bit more drama with Ricky because as he gets up into <laughs> to Scotland, that uh, burnout car... Um, starts to burn out. Starts to burn out, aka the car window is no more. Yeah, it's sort of, it comes out completely. <coughs> yeah. Um, and then ends up stuck back in with sellotape. I think it, it's either um, micropore medical tape. It, it's in or, with some sort of tape. Or masking tape. 
but it's held together. It's done yeah. very, very well. Um, and the last thing I sort of um, have written down, and I can't remember who says this. It might be Ricky himself, or it might have been a quote from HQ about Ricky. Um, it's a battle of wills rather than a battle of intellect, Ooh. is what he says. And that is where we sort of leave him driving off with his taped up yes. window. One thing that's interesting about um, about Dr. Allen, he's very good at using password generators. Uh, so he's using complex passwords that are well put together. However, when you have a different password for absolutely everything, it's, it's now a memory problem. And what he's done is he's written down many passwords in the cover of the book. With one of his passwords, HQ quickly infiltrate Ricky's online accounts. Well, what he's been clicking on is um, penis size study, what's normal anyway, what's the average penis length. They say that you're more truthful to your search engine than you are to your wife. Dr. Allen is an inventor, he's outspoken in the media, so we're not talking about a shrinking violet here. So it kind of gives us some indication as just to how bright, clever and resourceful and what a an adversary he's going to prove to be. If I need to, I want to be able to do a burnout on it. OK. All right? <laughs> so, so next stop, scrap the yard. Fine, that's just a, well, just a thing for you, sir. It's a burnout on one part. Step this way. When you say it doesn't lock, it, it, doesn't, lock. it doesn't shut. No. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I know. Let's not hide in the boot of the car. I'm not a psychological profiler but I've kind of got into the heads of villains over the years, and I'm treating Ricky George Allen as the opposition. I think it's going to be just a battle of wills, really, rather than a battle of intellects. Who's the grittiest? And I think that will be us. Next, we meet Emily and Lauren. Ah. The friends who somehow don't kill each other. Yes. Now... These two. Right, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. Let's move. Very important. Right, we now have a new fugitive team. This lady is called Emily Dredge, born 1987, known address Putney. She is accompanied by Lauren English, date of birth 1988. We've got to move quickly. Let's get on the back of these people. I'm about to go into the biggest, most dramatic thing I've ever done in my life. My friends say that I tend to start something and not finish it. So I think this is really important that I try and complete the task of being on the run. If we're in a scenario, Emily will get you out of it because nothing's impossible to her. We're both quite headstrong and we're a bit like the yin and yang. Never judge her because she will always, always surprise you. She's brilliant. They have very different personalities. They are two completely different people. And I get them a little bit mixed up. Yeah, so do I. I don't know who's who. Um, I think we... Oh, no, I do. I do. Emily is the panicked one. Lauren is the calm one. Yes, Emily is the one with the child. Ernest, is it? Ernest. Um... I think she's the one we see first. Yes, she's the one who is in her house packing and she phones Lauren and is like, we're on the way, this is where you meet me, and they have themselves a little code. Yes, um, and then they're off. And they're driven initially by, I think it's Lauren's friend, north from London, his name's Gareth. Um, Emily's worried about being tracked, and over the first two days, because of that, 
date hitchhike and I wrote down the word in capital letters and then underlined it erratic yes yeah there's there's a hell of a lot of um <coughs> like Erra- she, erratic behavior yeah but she's very very panicked about everything everything about Every time there's a camera, it's don't look at that, don't look at that, don't look at that. It's facial recognition. No, look at me, look at me, look, look at me, look at me, look, look at me, look, look don't me. look at the camera, look, look at, me. at me, look at me. And it's just look like, hi, look at me, hi, <laughs> it, look at me. Yeah, all right, I'll stop now. Okay, um, it's just a little bit over the top. So she's so panicked about cameras recognizing them, recognizing the car, not using public transport because they're on the car. And then they get to, you know, a caravan park where they've got a bed for the night for free. Just they just have to do some work. And what does she do? Yeah, she phones a mum to check on a kid. Yes, over the first three days. They did 250 miles hitchhiking. That is a hell of now, a lot. I get why you would do it, and it's similar to the Ricky Allen argument of you want to put as much miles between you as you can. But if you're going to do it, for me, hitchhiking is the wrong thing to do because you're coming into contact with people. You're not getting picked up straight away. Mm. You are running the risk of people being able to grass you up, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, I guess in the first series there was a bit, a bit less of a chance of being grassed up because people didn't know what it was. It wasn't, you know, popular. Possib- like when it was being filmed, people didn't know what was happening. So there's less chance of you being grassed up no, at that see, point. For me, I think it's the opposite. I think because it's the first series, people don't know what the show is and therefore are more likely to grasp people. Maybe. Whereas now in series, you know, coming into series seven, hopefully next year, um, people know what the show is and are more willing to help. I guess so, yeah. Maybe. Maybe, just a different of yeah. a difference of opinion. Yeah. But anyway, you know, they make it 250 miles to a caravan park in Penrith. Um, they are given... Somewhere to stay, and all they have to do is some work. Um, and Emily chooses to borrow a phone to call her mum. Yeah, I think she uses the office phone rather than actually th- answering the phone. No, I think the first time she borrows someone's phone <coughs> to call home, and then the second time she uses an office phone. Which is a big mistake because she uncovered... HQ have uncovered that emotional weak point in um, Ernest, her child. Yeah. As it would be, you know, little baby, you know, her child being away from him is a, is a struggle, as mm-hmm. it would be for, for any parent. Um, but she should know better. Because yeah. that that is the one thing. If you're going to get caught, you're going to get caught reaching out. You have to be able to cut those ties. Yeah. You have to be able to not say anything. You've got to be able to just go without yeah. for for, for, yeah. for that amount of time. And I wrote down that Lauren's face said it all when she said to her, yeah. Lauren, I, I've got something to tell you. I, I've rung my mum. Yeah, she her didn't look happy. Like, face was like, oh, Yeah, she didn't look happy. So while she was calling her mum, the chief was sending in the covert unit to find out where her baby is and to 
do a little raid on Emily's house. Yes, the raid comes a little bit later. Um, they're looking for more information on where the baby is, mm. who the dad could be, um, whether it's with dad or mum or whatever. Um, but the raid does come later on, and that's another part of uh, the game, which we don't get to see as the series goes on. Another part that I like, the fact that as well as the ground teams, as well as the foreground units, they can use covert, covert agents and... More importantly, we are shown the processors, yes. what they use. And those processors are, you know, are really, really interesting. You know, they basically go in your house without you knowing that they've that yeah. been in your house. They break in. But obviously, it is a TV show. Powers of the State are replicated. The fugitives, sorry. Uh, ordinary citizens. Will have consented to things like that happening yeah. as part of the game. Um but it's quite funny because I wrote down a quote from the uh, covert agents, who, of course, we don't see. Nope. Because they're covert. Yep. Gold dust. It's her whole fucking history. Facebook, Twitter, fuck. Username, password. They get the, the lot. They get She's everything. She's done a really poor yeah. job. She's done a really poor job of hiding stuff, yeah. deleting stuff. She's basically made it easy yeah they even collect some clothes to give to sniffer dogs yes which we've not like that's never been seen in like following seasons giving items to sniffer dogs to help sniffer dogs find them like that's proper manhunt style yeah which is exactly what it was yeah in the first series which is great and what i quite like about that is while they get in whilst you have the two parallels I love the parallels in this series so so far in episode one. You've got the parallels of the hunters striking gold and really, really hitting that. And then it cuts to them in Cumbria, on foot, really feeling the pressure and arguing um, as they struggle to, uh, to, to get what they, need, what they need to get. It just feels like every time the camera cuts to them, that they're just bickering. Yeah, they just can't decide on anything. They can't agree on anything. Like, they can't agree how to move. They can't agree where to stay. There's no agreements there. And I think it's quite funny that, you know, they basically compromise that um, thing of where they are. They eventually do get to another um, holiday park. Yeah. Uh, Lindale Holiday Park in North yep. Yorkshire. And Emily makes another call. Yes. Um, but this time she uses the office phone. Yes. And by this point, her mum and child's father's phones are on intercept. Because Smiley Steve has done a deep dive. Well done, Smiley Steve. He's uncovered passports and he's found the phone numbers because in passports... Um, you have emergency contacts. Emergency contacts. And of course, your mum and your baby dad. Yeah. Mum and baby dad. Um, So obviously they know by powers of detection that that is exactly what she's going to do to try Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, really, really find out more information about a kid. She's going to reach out to them. Yeah. And it's proved that she does because they get um, the call at at, um, 9.05 or whatever and uh, the ground team, David and his ground team uh, are are deployed. Um, And it's quite funny... That the quote that we get from, I think it's Lauren. Um, again, I get them the mixed up as well. Mm. I want to bury you up to your neck. 
um, and they get a lift out um, in just the nick yes, of time. Yes, they do. But she's by making that phone call, she's compromised a location. Yeah. Because um, like Lauren says, all right, I get that you want to call them. Yeah. But do it once, like do it tomorrow when we've had the night. Yeah, when we're about to move on. Not when we've just got here. When we're about to move on, do it then. Because yeah. then by the time they get here, we're going to be long gone. Yeah. If you'd have not told me, which I think she may well have yeah. done. It, I think if Lauren hadn't have walked in, because she walks in while she's on the phone. So if Lauren hadn't have walked in and saw her and heard her on the phone, I don't think she'd have said anything. Yeah. And you can just see that the emotions are running high. And yeah. I want to bury you up to your neck, the quote, which really, really uh, makes me laugh. And it'd be interesting to see how these two continue to play out as the uh, the series they goes on. They argue more. Yeah, she probably makes more phone calls and compromises herself <laughs> more. So, yeah, we'll f- it'd be interesting to see how those two uh, go on. Yeah. And also, if anybody knows if they're still friends, let us know. Yeah. The use of COVID agents going into private space to gather information is critical. They've probably gone through my house, they've gone through my knicker drawer, they've gone through my bins, they've gone through my fridge. Every message I've ever sent on my phone is being read, every email that's ever been sent or received is being watched. My whole life is completely under surveillance. Gold dust, it's your whole fucking history. Everything, Facebook, Twitter, Username, this is almost a story of her life. She's almost telling a story. Um, she talks about her education. Very open here. I left school at 14 because I didn't want to go anymore. Straight away, she's a bit, a bit different, a bit of a rebel. Not afraid to um, challenge authority, not afraid to do her own thing. Using Emily's passwords, Steve is able to read Emily's private Facebook messages about her son, Ernest. You know, when, when everyone asks about him, she, yeah. I know any parent does, yeah. but she absolutely gushes and talks about how yeah. he looks at her and she craves that emotional, she craves to be loved, I think, and yeah. the son gives that total yeah. love to her. So, yeah, she's really, need, really emotionally needy. You sound like you know her well. I feel I know, know her quite well. Right, get um, to know her better and tell me where she is. <laughs> yeah. There's you ducking down for every fucking camera like they've got facial recognition, yeah, but, but they can't trace your calls. You've got to go. Oh, I just feel a bit bad because we've just rocked up here. Well, well, Emily. Yeah, well, I have to phone my son. Well, you have to phone your son, but you could have done it tomorrow when they're about to leave. But now we've got to go now. Shall we move on to our favourite part? Go on then, we're going to move on to Sandra and Elizabeth. Sandra Cooley and Elizabeth Darcy. Life partners, business partners. These people have got some affluence and I think that's uh, an important part of this because if that's their lifestyle, that could be something that they revert to. Being on the move all the time, we run the gauntlet. And I know that every every second ticking is a second that they could be standing behind me. I was paranoid yesterday looking at various people thinking, is that them, is that them, is that them? It's tough to keep running. We don't see these being told that they are on the run. We see them two days later. Yeah, so we the first time we see them, um, the voiceover tells us that they've been on the run for two days using buses to avoid capture uh, and so far they've used 13 buses to get from Folkestone to Brighton um, and they only come on the radar when they take 200 pounds a piece from their respective uh, accounts 
um, from an ATM. And of yep. course, all ATM pings are monitored. And they have cameras. They do have cameras. So then you can identify them in terms of like what you wear, mm-hmm. what they were wearing, um, what direction of travel they then took, yep. um, and all of the things like that. So um, getting that money out was pretty much the start of their downfall. And then the fact that they'd used buses up to that point mm-hmm. and then they continued to do it. Yes. Yeah. So then obviously because they know that they're in Brighton... They then get CCTV of them getting onto another bus. And they eventually find out said bus and find out its destination. And in comes Danny and Nick. We go big up Danny and Nick. Love Danny and Nick. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. In come Danny and Nick. Uh, They follow them and they are on their 21st bus. Which is heading to... Hey, Mansfield. There we go. Uh, National Express, um, Brighton to Mansfield. What a trek on a bus. Um, also, um, we have uh, XCIA behaviour specialist Cindy in the uh, HQ team who basically says, yeah, they're going to catch another bus. That's, yeah. what, that's what they've done. The, the people have habits. And once you get captured going on a bus, it's fairly easy to determine. We've seen it time and time again in this series where that bus is going to go, where its final destination is, where it's stopping. And personally, I don't think that they were astute enough to think, well, its destination's Mansfield, so let's get off in Sheffield. No, they weren't, no. Um, (coughs) So Danny and Nick follow them. They follow the bus right to the bus station. Yeah, literally right to the bus station. Literally right to the bus station and see them get off the bus. Until Nick realises that he... um, Mansfield bus station is two ways in, and neat cars can't get in past yeah. a certain point. Yeah. Um, so Danny, so Danny gets out. Yeah. The car, I think, probably just gets dumped. Yeah. There uh, is a car park. There, there is, yeah, the for the train station. station. Yeah. Um, Danny gets out, sees them through the bus station, and follows them into town. This is after um, they've said these two, these, they are ours. They are going down. I think it's Danny who yeah. says it as Nick driving. Uh, so drives. we have Danny on foot, Nick. Dumps the car somewhere and follows Danny. I'll go left, you go right. Yep. And we see them walking through town. Um, and then we have our first capture of the series. Um, and I don't think Sandra and Elizabeth were expecting said capture because they get a little bit angry. Well, a little bit angry is yeah, San- uh, an understatement. Sandra's not happy uh, and she tells them not to touch her. Yes, um, it's quite interesting uh this so i'm going to try and find the um the bit in danny's book if you haven't read it it's a fascinating read we've both read mm. it we've both read it in like two days really flat, good book. really quickly it's called the girl for the job by danny brooke um true stories from uh, my life as an undercover cop um and you can buy i think we got it from amazon um, we did, yeah. We'll but put links on our social media. It'll be in all places. It's a really, really good book. And there is a chapter in here um, about Hunted, and about, uh, in, a, in particular about this capture. We won't read the entire chapter to you, um, but it's fair to say that she, Danny and Nick had worked together before on various yeah. jobs, and it was um, Nick who got Danny involved with it. And, uh, yeah, just really went into it. So... Um, I'm going to read an, an extract from the book okay. now, um, if, if, if I may. Go for it. 
The HQ team fed the teams of hunters on the ground crucial intelligence to allow us to follow up and then catch the fugitives. She uses fugitives. Okay, all right, fugitives. There would be a camera crew with us at all times and one with the fugitives too, so the viewer could experience the drama from the point of view of both the hunters and the hunted. From the start, I felt comfortable with the setup and the people. It was like being a cop on the ground whilst the HQ team acted as our intelligence unit. All the hunters and trackers were former cops, intelligence and service personnel, so we all spoke a common language. The only ones who seemed a little alien were the super-friendly TV people. They were all very much like Lucy, incredibly nice and smiley, telling you how wonderful you were, even as they asked you to reshoot something you'd already done 15 times. It didn't get off to the best start. Our first fugitives were a wife and wife team, and when we captured them on day two... Day four on their yeah. on, on their in on the telly yeah. according to them. So maybe it was their, their maybe it was these two's in terms of Danny and Nick. Maybe it was their day two. Yeah. Or maybe the fugitive team's day two. We don't know because it's a bit skewed. Anyway, um, where did they get to? Our first fugitives were a wife and wife team, and when we captured them on day two, one half of the couple reacted so badly she actually went for Nick. It was all caught on camera. We tracked them down in the middle of a busy high street. Is that really Mansfield? And when we apprehended them, this woman became very aggressive and tried to fight us off. Nick wasn't happy. I didn't sign up for this, she said in her hotel room that night. I took a lot of aggro when I was in the police, but this isn't real. It's, this is just telly. If people think they can attack us for what we're doing, then I'm getting out. They can't all be like her, I reasoned. This particular woman took it all far too seriously. Driving her back to the van after her capture, she kept leaning over to say nasty things to me. Is she re- is she doing this for the camera or is she an, she an arsehole for real? Either way, I wasn't going to put up with it. So every time she leaned forward towards me, I braked hard and she got a jolt. Why don't you just calm down, I suggested. There's no need to get this wound up. That night, they put us all in the same hotel, which was a big mistake. Our narky fugitive drank too much white wine and started shouting at us, telling us how much better than us she was... And that we shouldn't have caught we shouldn't have caught her. She was probably just annoyed and embarrassed at getting caught so quickly, but but it felt so stupid. This was a bloody TV show, not real life. We both left and went back to the room. Now other things happened after that, and you should really read the book to yes. find out what it was. But interesting point in in there, which was a put them from the same hotel room. Yeah, a bit silly. Uh, a little bit silly, um, but also as well the whole thing of. Um, them shouting at, at Daddy and Nick and saying how much better than that than them that they were. Girls, just just hold on a minute, right? You caught twenty one buses in the space of what two three days, using an ATM machine which had cameras on it and can track your movements. And you were there after that. You made no attempt to evade CCTV. No. It picked you up doing the same thing that you'd done in the previous two days. You deserve to get captured. And as well, they came to Mansfield and walked away from the bus station to a part of town where really (coughs) you can't get very far. I have no idea where they were going because the only... Mansfield's transport hubs, if you've not realised by now, we live in Mansfield. This is one of the reasons why we enjoyed watching this the first time around so well. Um, because we know exactly where it is. Yeah. We know how it works. Nat works in Mansfield. I've lived in Mansfield my whole life. You just recently moved to the yeah. area, but you know 
that area particularly and, well. And for, you know, the past eight months, I have been getting the bus... To that bus station. To and from that bus station. I know that once you leave that bus station... There aren't many other stops around the centre and those stops around the centre just take you to little places around, like, little, like, villages yeah. and, like, like parts of Mansfield where the bus just goes there, turns around somewhere and goes back into Mansfield. There is no onward journey at all. No. The only onward journey to do something like they did, like, to get from Brighton to Mansfield would be stay at the bus station yeah or get on the train or get on the train and the train station is right next to yeah the bus station so unless they were going for food but they walked past multiple food places the only place they could have been going is spoons because the, the spoons yeah are both at the top neither of them are spoons hotels no there is a hotel if you keep walking down that main street but you've got to go a fair distance yeah uh, but even then where are we going? Because it was the middle of it was the middle of the day. Yeah. They were trying to get on their onward journey and they had no idea. No, you, you going that way, you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah. I mean, of all the places to to get off, I know Mansfield that National Express bus would have gone somewhere else. So yeah, why Yeah, this wouldn't have been the end journey. Yeah. It would have gone on to like Sheffield. Yeah. It it'd have gone, you know Sheffield Leeds. Yeah. It'd have gone it that probably National Express would have gone probably all the way up north yeah so getting off here very very silly yeah you know i know it will have stopped there for maybe an hour or whatever to, to change drivers because it is a sort of a central yeah. point but still if you wanted to maybe get into nottingham and go into the city but it probably the... would have stopped at nottingham before it stopped here yeah like it would have stopped at Nottingham, so Nottingham has a massive. In fact, yeah, it does stop at Nottingham. I've caught that yeah. National Express. Like to Nottingham. back in 2015, was prior to them doing up the bus station. Bit of useless information. The Nottingham bus the station. Nottingham station. Is, yeah. Bit of useless information. But you have National Express. You have mega buses. You're right near the train station, which takes you, you know, London up north, down south. Everywhere possible. So they made some major mistakes. Yeah, big, big mistakes. They were going absolutely nowhere um, when they got off that bus in Mansfield. And they had no idea that they were right behind them either. No, no. To be honest, I don't actually know why they just carried on walking because really that's the transport hub. They should have spent time there and researched where they were... they were going, yeah. but just to carry on walking to a town centre which leads you nowhere, nowhere, and then yeah, to get captured in the way they did, I can perhaps understand a, a little bit because obviously at this point captures have not been done, but no. rehearsed and perhaps looked at how they would have been done. But these two have spent two days, four days, depending on which version, yeah, you you, you look at um, on buses on public transport, they. Will have they will would have thought that they could get clean away. They mm. will have not anticipated somebody coming up behind them and basically um, grabbing them and, and stopping them. And yeah, I just find it yeah yeah it was, very very yeah. funny to see. And I just like the fact that it was in Manchester. But those <laughs> two absolute idiots. Yes, they they you had a real contrast again. We're talking contrasts between what Ricky Allen did in terms of untraceable mm-hmm. and those two who were yeah. dipshits 
because they got on a mode of transport which is very much traceable. Yeah, they were very silly. Yeah, and those buses would have had CCTV on as well. Yeah. So they were really on a hide into nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they play a small part in hunted history. They do, yes. They are the first capture. Yes. And many a fugitive, I would like to say, has learnt from their mistakes. But as we know in, pre- in uh, series uh, still to come, definitely have <laughs> not. Uh, right, that's it. That's all three of our um, first lots of uh, fugitives. Sorry. Uh, ordinary citizens. Out of the way. Uh, we'll be introduced to some more in episode two, uh, which we've still to watch. We've obviously watched it before. Yeah. So we have a vague idea, but we are going to watch it um, as it goes on. But as ever, we want your your guys' comments, your guys' questions, opinions, all of that. Uh, please do get in touch on the old social media. And why not as well, not just use this podcast to remember what happened. Why not watch the show Yes. As well, why not give yourself something to do? Why not, you know, put the show on? It's on all. It's available on all four. Go and give it a watch, so you can actually remember those little bits, and that might spark something in your head or your mind, um, which you want to ask us. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for a little bit of uh, an announcement uh, now, and it is uh, this sort of reminder that. Um, we would very much like and welcome people at home to get in contact on all things social media. Attention, please. Attention, please. Here are the details. Twitter, at HuntedPod. Instagram, at HuntedPod. Facebook, HuntedPod. Or email... <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. You know you know what that reminded me of, right? <laughs> I could break the fourth wall again here. <laughs> I do not drink. Yeah, I think I do a very good impression oh, of being drunk. His drunk person. I enjoy it. And that very much sounded like that. <laughs> Would you like to do those things again? It was like I had a little hiccup. <laughs> I, can, I can confirm I'm not drunk. So, I'm going to do it again. I'm not editing that out, by the way. <laughs> See? Right. <clears throat> Twitter, at HuntedPod. Instagram at HuntedPod, Facebook HuntedPod, or email HuntedPod at Outlook.com. Thank you. Yes, and if you are going to email us something, make sure you do have something to say. Don't just say say hi. Um, Have a conversation with us and we'll read some of them out next week. And on next week's show, we will have a number for you to send your WhatsApp stuff into as well. Very much looking forward to seeing how the uh, the game moves on. Mm-hmm. What's your final reflections on episode number one? Ooh. Um, I forgot how different it was. Yeah. Like, I really, really forgot how different it was and um, how weird it was that they all just get released separately yeah it has a very different feel to it we've not even spoken about how different hq looks no and how it operates with them all mm. in the different things but we will, we will talk get about to that, that uh, in the future and we'll hopefully have some special guests join us in future um as well uh that's all we've got time for though thanks uh, as ever for listening please like we say make sure you get involved and um yeah um Share your comments, share your thoughts, um, share your questions and basically just continue the conversation as we do Hunted Series 1 Revisited. For now, though, do you want to say it? Yeah. Go on, then. For now. Your time on the pod is over. You have... 
been hunted down. I'll say it in a normal voice now. Your time on the pod is over. You have been hunted. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. As human beings, we tend to repeat ourselves. It's a survival tactic. It's in our DNA. So if you can figure out someone and how they tend to think, how they tend to do things, then you're a step ahead. Former police officers Nicola Thorne and Danny Brooke are chasing the trail. We are literally like coming in on them like they are, their walls are closing in. They are ours, they are going down. But the fugitives have a head start. Monitoring their route to the Midlands, the hunters catch up with them on their 21st bus. How you getting on guys, you still got eyes on? Confirmed sighting of both. We're at the coach station. The coach has just pulled in. They are in the coach station at the moment. And Danny has walked up to it. One's got a hat on and one's got glasses and a hood up. How's this way then? Right, we need to fucking get in there. There they are. I'll go left, you go right. Oh, is that the backpack? There, yeah, there we go. There we go. Run, 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 run! run. Oh, stop your things, you're done, recording. Stop where you are. Wait, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to stop right now! Well done, guys. Excellent job. Cheers, boss. Thanks, everyone. Good work. Okay, everybody, let's get the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.